beautiful humans. Welcome to another episode of Role Models, Juicy Conversations with Beautiful Humans. I'm Jennifer Norman, founder of the Human Beauty Movement and your host. This podcast thrives on your support. So if you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review us and thank us by leaving a donation on our anchor.fm page. Today, we're going to talk about the healing power of plant medicine, one of my favorite topics of all time. My guest today joins me all the way from Peru. This is Michael Thornhill, founder of Casa Galactica, a multidimensional center for healing and evolution. Michael is a professional channeler, a plant spirit conduit, and a trauma-informed healer. He and his team work with ayahuasca, Amazonian plant medicines, and alternative healing modalities to awaken your innate connection with spirit to help you evolve and heal back to your true self. Welcome, Michael. Jennifer, thanks so much for having me. An absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks so much. It is a true delight. I am so excited about our conversation and to hear all about you. I would love for you to first tell everybody about yourself and how you came to be so passionate about plant medicine. Yeah, perfect. Thanks so much. So at Casa Galactica, as you mentioned, we work with ayahuasca as part of our ayahuasca 10-day healing and evolution retreats. And we're very passionate about helping people heal multidimensionally with and without plant medicines. And I first got to work with plant medicines about five and a half, six years ago when I came to plant medicines to help with addictions because I was heavily addicted to different drugs, work, sex, money, uh, the rat race, and was heavily depressed and anxious. And long story short, I moved into a process of healing after my mother had passed away. And I decided that I wanted to heal from addictions and I wanted to live a longer, happier life. And I started meditation and working with a sound healer and then quickly moved into an ayahuasca retreat where I had a very, very deep, profound awakening journey, a very deep healing journey where I stopped smoking, drinking drugs all in one weekend and then went on a deep integrative journey to India, to Nepal, studying Reiki and yoga after then circling down to Peru to go deep into the jungle for a period of three months initially to work intensely with the medicine, to learn how to facilitate and hold ayahuasca ceremonies and go on a deep personal journey of healing and evolution. And that's where I met my wife, Jamie. And then eventually after working together and facilitating retreats for quite some time, we then decided to start Casa Galactica where we hold space for people to activate their intuition, empower their healing and embody their truth with the power of plant medicines and alternative healing modalities. It's amazing that you are a trauma-informed specialist at what you do. And I commend you, number one, for going through all that you have and being able to rise over it. It is not an easy thing. I have many people in my life who have suffered from addictions and some of them are able to rise out of it. Some people still fight those demons. And I think that it just seems that these days there is so much trauma that we talk about before. And it was almost like one of those things that you didn't talk about. I think decades ago, it was almost like a shame sort of thing. And now people are feeling more comfortable opening up and being vulnerable about the traumas that they're facing, which I think is good because it is a stepping stone to that healing. But why do you think it is so difficult for people to get over certain of their traumas? Firstly, yeah, I agree that people are talking about it more. And I think that we need more of these conversations. So thank you for all the conversations that you're holding, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. I think to put it, I would say quite bluntly, 
if someone's been abused or raped or been in violent situations, that's difficult to talk about because it's not something that we may have been supported through in that process. And when we have these dark, traumatic experiences, they become so repressed within our being that we're unable to process them. So without having the correct environment and trauma-informed space, those energies may remain repressed in our social circles. It's not a safe place for us to be able to share or speak about those things. So creating trauma-informed spaces for people to heal enables us to have those conversations, those healing experiences in a safe environment without being re-traumatized and actually helping people to cathartically express what may have gone on in a mutually supportive environment with other people around. It's one of the reasons why we work with just four people in our ayahuasca retreats is that we can create really deeply transformative, safe spaces for people to share about their trauma. So Mm -hmm. I think that more and more people are having these conversations. I think it's important if you are someone who's going through trauma, just to begin to reach out for help begin to reach out to support groups, circles, friends that perhaps, you know, may be understanding. But yes, beginning to have those conversations is an important first step. And then really beginning to dive deep somatically into the body about where those repressed memories and experiences are stored, allowing them to heal and then creating more space for the truth of who you are to be expressed, which is your already unconditionally loving nature. Yeah, I heard an interesting phrase yesterday, which was the issue is in the tissue. It's as if the issues of the trauma actually get embodied into the cells of our body and then come out in different ways and they may start looping back and your body doesn't forget. And so we store all of these things in aches and pains and addictions and numbing mechanisms and things like that in order to try to comfort ourselves. But what we're doing is essentially delaying the process of healing rather than helping it, aren't we? Yeah, I I would agree. Somatically speaking and working with people with trauma, going into the body is a very important part of that process. That's something that is very important in the online trauma healing work that I offer people. But very much with ayahuasca, ayahuasca is very much about going into the stored trauma, the memories of the body and cleaning the cells, the tissues of the body so that we no longer have to experience them unconsciously in our life, our work and relationships. And I guess I go even one step further to say that the issues in the tissue, I would say after you've perhaps purged, after an ayahuasca ceremony or during an ayahuasca ceremony, then some of that issue may remain in the tissue, but no longer in your body. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, let's step back a moment because I want to talk about the idea and the concept of plant wisdom, all of these ancient modalities that are coming into light these days, which were at one point taboo in our society, and now they're being much more embraced. What is the magic behind this? Why ayahuasca? Why does it work? What are all of these interesting things in terms of the different plants and particularly this one that is so profound? Yeah, great question. So with plant medicines, in particular ayahuasca, which is the the main plant medicine that we work with at Casa Galactica, ayahuasca helps us to transform and catalyze trauma, repressed memories and experiences in a way that something like perhaps yoga or meditation or other trauma therapies may take significantly longer to enable us to have that direct experience of healing trauma. 
Now, why is that so powerful? Because in an ayahuasca ceremony, in a trauma-informed space, we create a deep uh, awakening experience where one is able to not only see the darker aspects of oneself, they're also able to connect to their multidimensional selves, recognize themselves as the one true infinite creation and creator. Now, moving through these blockages of trauma in the body can look like purging as we kind of alluded to into a bucket or vomiting or sweating or crying, but it can really intensify or heighten our awareness of where the blockages, where this sadness, where this trauma, where this pain, where we might have been bullied in the playground at three years old, where we weren't held enough by our mother, where we weren't able to communicate properly to that relationship that we had in our teenage years. We're able to go back to all these events which are preventing us from loving unconditionally. We're able to heal these. We're able to release these and allow the truth of who we are to shine forth. Now, this happens in a very multidimensional, non-dual way in our experience. In other words, we work with plant medicines in a way that helps us to recognize the truth of the one infinite creation creator and that nature of reality, mm. allowing us to accept those traumatic experiences which may have happened in our lives, allow to heal what we might call karmic trauma or karmic debt or ancestral trauma and move through these experiences at a rapid pace, which enables us to come out of these experiences with more ability to connect to our joy, our love, our passion passion and allow that to shine forth in other words allowing our soul blueprint of whatever that may be here to be expressed and to shine so plant medicines allow us to heal trauma at an exponential rate because for us to have a similar experience perhaps in a trauma healing session or working with a therapist or a traditional therapist in that way that doesn't necessarily incorporate trauma healing multidimensionally it may take us many many years to be able to get to those deep levels and layers but through ayahuasca we're able to experientially heal and release that in a way that we no longer need to hold that and carry that along with us I found it really profound when I went to my ayahuasca ceremony, it was held by the Yawanawa tribesmen and the activation that would occur with the music that was also integrated into the ceremony. It was a full two night particular ceremony that I went to and knowing that I had to prepare my body in a certain way so that it was relatively clean ahead of time. I was curious about what the interaction would have been otherwise, but I was happy that I was able to get a full experience from the way that I was able to prepare. And then I know that a lot of people are intimidated by the idea of purging. They think that it's going to be like this upset stomach, nauseous sort of a feeling. And I describe it as very different. It's like you are getting rid of the things that you don't need and it feels good. It's like you, you just release all of this and it's not, you know, you're in a, a headspace where everybody's doing it. So there's no shame whatsoever in the environment and to just let go of all these toxins and poisons and things that are in your system that you just need to get up feels so amazing. And the sweating and all of that is extremely healing. So yeah, I always try to tell people who are like, I don't want to, you know, that sounds like the worst thing in the world. I would never want to go and spend, you know, spend a night or a whole week vomit, like weekend vomiting and, and that sort of thing. So I try to, you know, inform them that it's actually a really good thing. <laughs> it feels really good to get it out. Absolutely. It's yeah. I remember the first ayahuasca ceremony that I attended, I was so afraid to vomit in front of other people. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't be the first person who throws up. And then this, this person who's experienced a few ceremonies before vomited next to me. And I thought, oh, thank God I can vomit. <laughs> and I, I was just like, 
I was so worried because I was feeling nauseous and I was holding on. I was holding on. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this because my experience before of, of vomiting had been food poisoning or yeah. too many alcohol or drugs. And yeah. those experiences are terrible. Very different. But this, like you say, that that releasing, there's this experience of, I can't believe I was holding on to that. And then you kind of go on the other side of it. And it's like, I want to do it again. I want to throw up again. It's an orgasmic vomit. You know? <laughs> it's a really good yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, amazing. And the circle that I attended, I was actually amazed because there were actually 50 people the first night. It was quite a large one. The second night, there were 60 people. And I happened to strike up a conversation with the person next to me. And, uh, you know, we were saying hello before the ceremony began. And I said, oh, did you come alone because I had come alone myself. And he said, oh no, my whole company is here. It was literally their company retreat at the ayahuasca ceremony. I said, wow, how things have changed. <laughs> mm -hmm. Indeed, that sounds like a, a lot of people, considerably more, I would say, than the four people that we work with <laughs> at a time. So yeah, how was that experience for you? It was Everything that I wanted, I would say that if I were to do it again, I think I would probably prefer to have a smaller group, but I knew going in as it was my first one, I didn't quite know what to expect. So I went and set specific intentions, some of which I did want to release some of the emotional issues that were tied to my youth and others were with respect to finding answers to my son's condition. And my son has a very rare genetic disorder, which renders him non non-mobile, not able to eat by himself, and he's on a ventilator. And so the whole process of his journey up until that point had been me struggling and striving and feeling guilty as his mother, not being able to find enough answers for his situation. And going into this particular circle over the two nights was so profound in that I recognized the gratitude of the angel that had been given to me in his human form. And I recognized that it wasn't my job to fix him. He was perfect as he was, and he's here on this earth like he is for a reason. And it is only my job to love him and to let him do his work, which is the enabling and the allowing and the flow of not forcing and not striving, which is, you know, really the divinity and the, the divine feminine working through, I think, the ayahuasca versus what the, the masculine energy had been doing with me before. So yeah, from that perspective, I got so many answers to so many questions and I felt to myself that the circle itself was enough. I was like, if I never do another ayahuasca ceremony ever again, I think that would be okay. I'd probably go and do another one because I'm so curious about what else is there. But it's just so amazing about how deep you go. I would say how quickly it works and, you know, just how profound the grandmother works through us when it does. So, yeah, I encourage anybody who's like interested to heal from their traumatic experiences or is looking for a deeper way to find solutions um, to, to definitely consider it. Wow. I mean, that's just so profound and so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that experience. And I think what comes up when you're saying that is just the testament of how strong of a mother you are for your son to be able to incarnate, to have that experience and for you to have the wisdom and the strength and the truth to be able to support through that process is just really feels uh, heartwarming for you sharing that story. So Thank you for all the work that you're doing for everyone. And likewise. So in addition to ayahuasca, I know that you work with some other medicines as well. Can you share some of those? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, we work with additional plant medicines on our ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats. So ayahuasca is the only real psychoactive medicine. Yet we work with different plants such as uh, eucalyptus, uh, with chiriksenango, pinon colorado, tantirao, and other different plants, which are really a holistic approach to healing the mind, body, and spirit. So these plants are prescribed as part of our retreat program that go into the cellular levels of the body, and they kind of dislodge that kind of like levels of trauma, the static energy, the stress, the anxiety, the worries, and they work through our bodies to help clean and preventative maintenance of the body as well. And then whilst you're in the ayahuasca ceremony, these different plant spirits are all there present working with us in those ceremonies. So really this comes through from the methodology from where we've studied in the Shipibo tradition, where the plants are doctors and alongside the ayahuasca ceremonies, traditionally plants are prescribed to then help work through these different illnesses and stresses and ailments which one may have. Uh, traditionally, the curandero or the shaman or the curanderos as it's known in, in the practices that we uh, share is then able to work with these plant spirits in ceremony to help diagnose and then to help heal trauma and different ailments. So we have a plethora of different plant medicines available, which we take people through um, as part of the trauma-informed care practices that we do. All plant medicines are completely optional. How much that you drink, how much that you take, whether you participate or not, that's all completely optional. And we'll always provide everyone with a full in-depth analysis, uh, overview of what these plants do, what the side effect, what you might experience mm. where, rather than a side effect is more what you might experience when you take these plants. And we also teach people as well, when they take these different plant medicines, we teach people how to communicate with the spirit of these plants, how to integrate that communication of plants as multidimensional beings into their own practices and begin to learn more about what the plants are teaching us, where they're showing us, where these blockages to love are. And then we're able to incorporate that into our life going forward as we begin to accept the multidimensional nature of reality. I love how you were able to so eloquently express the, the spirit of the plant. And it's a very indigenous shamanic way of describing it, which I think the Western culture that I presently live in probably doesn't understand that concept as much as there is a spirit in the plant or there is wisdom in the plant. Can you walk us through what was it like when you were first learning about plant medicine and spending time with the tribes down in Peru? What is the best way to describe this? Do they consider these deities or do they really believe that there is essentially a an entity inside the actual plant? Or is, is there another way to describe what you mean by as the spirit of the plant? Let's see how far down the rabbit hole we shall go in the remaining time. It's <laughs> a quite a deep topic, but I will try to succinctly describe this, that Humans think that they're the most intelligent beings on the planet, and it's not necessarily untrue, but it's not necessarily true. So plants are multidimensional beings. So just as you can imagine, there's a different analogy here. When we're talking about humans thinking that the most intelligent beings on the planet, then there's other trains of thought when you start looking into whales and the whales that whales communicate in the ocean, that how much intelligence is there that is completely ignored by humanity. So you can take that kind of analogy. Now you can apply that to plants because you just look at a plant and it's like, okay, great. There's a plant behind there. That's a really nice little decoration for, for the screen, for the podcast. But there's an energy behind me that's talking through me now that says, I want love. 
says, give me some water. I need a little bit more water. Why aren't you giving me as much water? So I'm now recognizing that this being is speaking to me. And after this, I'll be able to provide a little bit more water to that plant. Then we can live harmoniously together. So this plant is able to communicate with me what it needs and what it requires, but it's also able to show me the stress, the stress on the left shoulder here on the left side of my brain, which I'm kind of feeling at the moment. It's able to show me that I am overworking. It's showing me that I'm overworking, that I'm stressed, but it's also let me know that it's going to pass, that over time it will release and it will pass. Drink more water, hydrate. The fruit juices are enable me to hydrate the altitude which I am here. And then this is showing me more about all of the different things that I need. And I'm going to stop there just because it's just showing me different things. So we're just talking about this here. I'm not taking ayahuasca. This is how you work as a channel. This is how you can then learn how to speak to these different plants and they'll speak to you. Now in the ayahuasca setting in the ceremony, we're working with all these different plants, which is what the plant theaters are, which is what we study in, which I studied when I've been working with the indigenous tribes to begin with. And then now in our own way, in our own set and setting, which is the enlightened tree of Noyarao. And we work closely with blue lotus as well. So these worlds of medicine that these plants have within them there are different medicines there are different doctors there are different beings that exist within the different worlds of each of these plants and they have their own knowledge their own wisdom they are doctors they're able to diagnose different issues and stresses just like this plant was showing me here about the stress that i've been feeling over this because we've been a lot of work on our center a lot of renovating a lot of different things preparing for our retreats that are restarting again from september this year so it's just able to show us this way when you're able to work with us in our 10-day ayahuasca healing and evolution retreat we set in setting that you're able to start working and learning from the plants in this way no, i'm not special in this way we're able to help teach you to heal and evolve with the wisdom of these plants but when you do this in an ayahuasca setting in an ayahuasca ceremony you're able to allow the veil of illusion to dissolve and this multi-dimensional experience which is one can train themselves to be able to have in waking life is much more visceral when you take the ayahuasca experience just like as you were able to experience the the situation where you're talking about your own healing journey with your son and all these awakenings and realizations that you have it's very much in your face but what the plants are able to do is to teach us about ourselves they're a guide for us to help us to come home to the truth of who we are and we allow these plants to help us to realize the infinite truth of unconditional nature of who we are gosh you are blowing my mind right now we're <laughs> i'm gonna have to come back to that because i think that's incredible that the plants that are there and for those of you who are viewing this the plants behind michael are actually he's able to communicate with and actually able to get some feedback about what's going on in his own body which is incredible and i completely agree with you that there are certain abilities that we all have and some of us are just completely ignorant to it because we are so much in the 3d mindset of you know what we're we're faced with and we we get into this tunnel vision of life and there's a lack of respect for all of the intelligence around us that we are really part of this massive ecosystem and we depend on each other and there was an interesting saying that i heard from an indigenous elder which was you know whatever we do to the people we do to the planet and whatever we do to the planet we do to the people and so if we live in an extractive or a way where we are just, you know, exploiting the land, we tend to do that to the people. And that's essentially the path that humans are on right now. But if we live with respect and kindness and regeneration and think about the circularity of life, then we get into a whole healthier state of well-being for not only the planet, but also human beings as well. And so more and more, that's, you know, what I'm doing with my business is I'm trying to 
really get into this cycle of regeneration, of respect for humanity and for the planet and how we treat it. And so, yes, really honoring the intelligence of the plants and what we're ingesting, what we're using, you know, being gracious for every breath of air, every bite of food that we can get is really a better way to live, I think. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I really, I really like that, that graciousness and gratitude for every breath of air that we have. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting way that you can actually begin talking and communicating with plants is that you can recognize if you have any plants near you in your home, wherever you're listening right now, you can realize that as you exhale, the carbon dioxide, which you exhale is life for the plants. Mm-hmm. And then you can inhale and you recognize and realize that the oxygen that they are providing is powering your body and your being and you can exhale out and in recognizing that circle of symbiosis and that can help you to begin to deeply connect with plants Mm. we also have a great meditation on our website on our growth portal that you can use there to connect and communicate with plants as well amazing so when did you discover that you became a channel for plants and for you know the habitat that you are are within did it come over time after you had delved into ayahuasca or was it something that was more immediate was it a specific evolution of opening well i think there's different levels and layers in my life so before my spiritual awakening i would say that i was a channel in the way that I would just go into business meetings and I would just know what to say. And I would just be, I would never prepare for a meeting. Everyone would say, you have to prepare for a meeting. And I said, I don't want to prepare. I just want to show up. And I would just go into the room and I would just talk and it would just all come through. And I would always know what to say. And these different phone conversations and other things that I would do, they would just be there. Kind of similar to how I kind of like talk in these podcast interviews and things like this. And then I'm a musician as well. So music would always channel through me and I would just make different songs and DJing and all these other things. Mm. But then after working with plant medicines, there was an awakening and there was an interest in a channel, a famous channel known as Daryl Anker, who channels the being Bashar. And I started watching these and I just started really getting into this. And I thought, wow, I really want to do this. So I started then going into my plant medicine work with the intention of I want to open and activate my intuition. I was putting this kind of calling out. Um, around about this time, I also met my wife, Jamie, who'd already been an intuitive medium for multiple years, over five years before she met me. And she gave me some tips and pointers and became a mentor in that way. And then I just continued to dedicate practice of learning, of concentrating, of meditating, of connecting to different beings and consciousnesses, which would then teach me how to channel, taught me how to teach other people to channel, and then you know began a, a professional channeling practice off the back of that. So it's really been a combination of intention, of plant medicine, of mentorship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would say that would be it. Wow. So if somebody comes in and says, I want to open up and develop and hone in on my own innate intuition on my abilities to channel, what would be some of the things that you would suggest? Firstly, I would suggest go to our website, casagalactica.com, sign up to our newsletter, and you'll get a free guidebook that's written by my wife, Jamie, to help strengthen your intuition. And straight away at home, you can start implementing these practices, and you're already going to start connecting to that more. 
Secondly, I would follow up on honestly, Jamie's got an intuitive mentorship 101 course. It's absolutely mind blowing and she's incredible. So I would just say, bypass me, go to her and just start connecting there. And I also do a learn to channel course as well, but I just love her course and the way that she works so much. Uh The next thing I would say is recognize all the aspects in your life where you're already intuitive. Recognize all the ways in your life that you're already intuitive. You might be saying, I'm not intuitive. I don't know all these way things, what I need to do. So When you want some food, you're hungry and you go, I want to eat chicken tonight. Or you might want to say, I want to eat vegan or I might want to eat lots of beetroots. Notice that that may be your body communicating with you and saying there's a deficiency of this mineral within your body. We're going to tell you and create an idea. What you think is just a a hunger. We're going to show you that that's your body. That's your cells actually communicating with you what you need. And then you can just recognize, wow, I'm already intuitive. Then you can start to recognize other aspects in your life when you're already intuitive. When the phone rings, you already knew who already called. Or you think, I wonder if someone's going to text me in the moment. And then all of a sudden, two minutes later, you get a text. All these different types of things are happening. So you can start recognizing all the ways that you are intuitive right now and start acknowledging them. You're getting to trust in that process. And then off the basis of that, that's when you can start implementing some of the kind of more advanced teaching techniques and you know, finding a mentor or a teacher that can help you to catalyze that process. Because in my experience, when you work with a teacher who's further down the line than you are, what you do is you save time, energy, and resources, which helps you to get to a base level quicker so that you can start implementing that in a way that's in alignment with your soul blueprint. Amazing. And that's kind of what we do with people when we teach people and help people to learn to channel and activate their intuition. Lovely. So I have a question because when a person has had a trauma and is getting down into a susceptibility of addiction and say it it could be nicotine, it could be alcohol and their body is telling them or a sugar fix, you know, I really want to get a candy bar or I really want to like, and that is like their impulse. How do they know if it's intuition or if it's you know, an impulse that could lead to something not as healthy. It has to come with that really, really deep level of self-accountability and avoiding spiritually bypassing within your experience. So only you truly know if you're bypassing something and calling yourself spiritual in the process. So if you want to sit there and you want to say, oh, I need to eat candy bars all the time because I'm diabetic, you will know if that's true for you or if it's not. So the accountability is you don't have anything to prove to anyone but yourself. So you're only cheating yourself if you bypass yourself through this experience. Mm. Now, what comes in is part of the teachings which we share and is an important process of stepping into intuition, especially in service to others, is being able to discern between alignment and ego. And that's a big part of the process of there where you're coming from in that process to be able to be of service if you're distorted and also having many different levels and layers of trauma if you're unable to be aware of that vibration of that energy then one might start to speak to people or connect from a place of i would say trauma or a place of distortion and that can negatively affect the way that messages come through for people so naturally as the process of healing oneself, one becomes more open and aware of their own innate intuition. And when one becomes more aware of their own intuition, that can also highlight to us areas of trauma that are stored within the body. And then both can be used to synergistically help each part of that process of awakening intuition and empowering your healing. 
Mm, that's amazing and very good advice for those that are listening. Now, I want to also share another event which had occurred when I turned 50. My friends held a medicine ceremony for me, and it was actually a molecule or a substance called Isis which is from the mimosa tree, and it's a very strong, direct form of DMT. And I was very much in their hands as far as going into the initiation and this beautiful ceremony that they set up. However, right when I was about to do an inhalation, I got so scared and I almost chickened out. As a matter of fact, I asked somebody else to go first and my heart was racing. I was really afraid to do this, even though I knew it was only going to be a 10 minute journey and a very deep one and a very sudden one. I wanted to know what was beyond the veil, but I was scared. I did it anyway. And I will say that it was such a sudden change. It was such a dramatic journey in that amount of time that I was clawing my way back. I was just so like, even during the whole entire process, I don't know how to describe it other than how people seem to describe like a bad trip. And I hate to use that word because I feel like it's very disrespectful, but I felt as though it was just the, the world changed before me and I, and I became extremely afraid. And so I'm just curious, like if somebody goes into something and feels pressure, perhaps it's it wasn't pressure, perhaps it was ego, or perhaps it was that I felt like I wanted to take this next step in plant medicine, but perhaps wasn't ready for it. Do you have any advice or anything to say to somebody where, you know, they might be curious, but will need to either take it on their own time and step into something as they're ready? Yeah, well, firstly, I'm sorry you had such a scary experience. I know that that can be very difficult when the world starts to crumble away, and especially something like an inhaled DMT journey in that sense. The question I would have for you first was, how did you feel supported throughout the integration of that process? I interestingly was surrounded by friends, and so I felt that they were there for me. And they were very skilled in what they were doing. And so I did have this leap of faith, as it were, but it still felt like a leap of faith. I felt like, oh my gosh, this is something. And I was just afraid I might die. <laughs> Honestly, I felt like I would never come back. And so I think that it was done with great care and great respect. All the elements and the beautiful ceremony that they created for me, they really wanted it to be a special occasion since it was my 50th birthday. I think that perhaps the method of, the substance intake was probably very dramatic for me being a newbie. And so there might have just been maybe more of that discussion or knowledge before I actually did it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were supported. So just wanted to ask reason why, because two main things in the process of taking a plant medicine or a medicine, and we can talk about ayahuasca, which is a, a much more gradual way of moving into the multidimensional realm yeah. but the preparation and the integration are two very key important points in the process a part of the trauma-informed care is as i mentioned earlier is sharing about what to expect how long it will last what to do if you need help how to go through that process and surrender and just going through that process here and just using this experience here of if someone has a deep level of fear coming into a ceremony, reminding them, if you don't want to take this tonight, if you want to wait till the next ceremony, you don't have to. Or if you just want to take a little bit just to kind of 
go into that, not fully into that process. You can just take a small amount, see how you feel. Now we can talk and integrate that process and you can step bit by bit. So the importance of the integration, the preparation is key. Mm. to segue into that point i would say that plant medicines is not necessarily for everyone yet for anyone who is feeling interested or what some people might say the call or wanting to learn more about how that might fit your own personal set of circumstances then i just invite you to connect with us at casagalactica.com and just book a free consultation mm. so no obligation you can just talk to us about any fears that are coming up any of your own medical history any situations that you're not aware of what it's like coming to peru talk about some of these different things and what we're able to do here is provide you with more information that you're able to make an informed choice with more information about if this is right for you we also talk about the benefits of life transformation as you've mentioned here before jennifer about having that ayahuasca journey that completely transformed the relationship with your son and how you viewed life in this different way it just sound you just feel like how profound you are so i would just say the importance of having that space and it sounds like you had that when something may difficult may come up, which what I'm hearing from you sounds like the fear of dying was pretty prevalent there in that experience and that process that was coming up. When some of those deep, really primordial fears come up for us that we're not aware that we're even carrying is, oh, wow, how do I unpack that? Because sometimes it's like jumping into a, like a hotel room and grabbing all that baggage and just chucking it and all the clothes fly out everywhere. And it's like, how do I pack that all back? You know, how do I organize all of that? So having that process, having the right time, having the right support team, having people who are first aid trained around you, having a whole process that's on the front end and the back end. Really, what I would say is it really pretty much eliminates the idea of a bad trip. Mm. because the bad trip in the sense for me is something that when someone takes an entheogen or a plant medicine or something like that and something comes up that's unable to be processed by that person and they're left to deal with that on their own mm -hmm. because that often is such a, a deep level of trauma that one of us may have experienced of being raped abused tortured or bullied and then having to process that on their own so even if that deep level of fear does come up the fear of dying or being bullied or whatever it may be deep level of ptsd mm -hmm. if we have someone alongside who has the experience able to help us in our case, very much multidimensionally working with many different beings and plant spirits, able to help you coach you through that process. What we end up doing is those energies that issues in the tissues, as you mentioned earlier on, as they come up to the surface, they're able to be processed so that they're no longer necessary to be held unconsciously in the body and the being, which actually creates a great level of freedom. Now with plant medicines, one of the ways that, that happens, and it sounds like occurred in your experience, and I don't want to pretend to know what your experience is like from this brief conversation but i can say that through plant medicines deeper fears can come up to the surface so if we're not prepared for how that might arise if we're not prepared that we're actually seeing and experiencing those fears coming out of our body we're actually releasing those fears and actually through feeling those fears and surrendering and being supported asking for help it actually means that those fears leave our body so that when we come out of the retreat experience we're actually no longer holding that unconscious fear in our being mm -hmm. which means that we're no longer 
entering into relationships, works, environments, situations from that fear place, we're actually embodying and living from love. So plant medicines can be very challenging in times and places when those deep, deep levels of fear are coming up to the surface. But if you're in the trauma-informed, safe setting with people that you trust, like it sounds like that you were, we're able to process that so that becomes a healing experience rather than something that's re-traumatizing. And I think that that is really good for our listeners and viewers to know is that you're creating this container, which is really supportive on the intake. And then when you're actually in the experience and then on the outtake, whereas I think where my lack of perhaps on the second journey that I took with this other inhaled substance was that I didn't perhaps feel as professionally supported on the integration and then on the decompression on the backside to the point where I unfortunately had to start on anti-anxiety medicines to, to be able to get over some of those fears that continued on for probably a year after that. And so it is so important to go and see somebody like a Michael from, you know, a professional facility rather than going rogue and thinking that it's something that could be left to somebody like perhaps a, a good friend or, or what have you. It's, it's important to have people who really know what they're doing, who are in touch with the medicine, with the plant, and who are really at one with it in order to be able to guide you through all of the steps of the journey. Yeah. Thanks, Jennifer. I really appreciate it. I'd just like to share as well, you know, through my own experience of beginning to work with plant medicines and other situations and other alternative healing modalities, mm -hmm. I've been left in situations where I felt unsafe and I think that I've not been really looked after properly. The facilitators have not been trauma-informed. They've not known how to deal with stuff that's been coming up for me, which for me was violent ritual abuse and trauma. And people just didn't really know how to deal with that. Yeah. And, you know, I've had that experience where I've been processing and unpacking this particular ceremony for, you know, some time. And for me, there's two things I want to share about that. One it's very much informed the work. And I know that doesn't need to be people's experience. You don't have to be going through that experience of unpacking that experience for months afterwards. Secondly, I know that the experience, even though it was quite a traumatic experience that I had in an ayahuasca ceremony at another place uh, at the earlier part of my plant uh, medicine work. I also know that that fear that came up for me that was stayed remnant, I would say, was actually still a part of the process of that fear leaving my body. So it was still a part of that process of it wasn't just all the plant medicine. It wasn't just that. It was like, okay, I came into something that I didn't feel like I was put back together in the right way, but it was still, this is how you've been feeling since you were two or three years old. So it's then that continued process. And luckily for me, having trauma-informed healers, my wife, my own working with spirit, being able to then unpack that afterwards, I know that that experience that I had was nothing perfect, but simultaneously knowing that it's not necessary for everybody to go through that re-traumatization experience to heal, you don't have to be re-traumatized to heal. That's the whole premise of trauma-informed care. Yes, beautiful. So walk us through it. When If somebody is intrigued, they go to your website, they learn about Casa Galactica, and then they have a bunch of questions like, you know, what can I expect? Or, you know, what is the process? Can you just give people a little bit of a summary on what to expect once they, you know, they arrive and what they'll be taken through? Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So firstly, if you go to our website, you can book a free 30 minute consultation. If you decide that you're already just like, this is what I want to do. You can already just go straight to the booking process and you can select one of our dates. You go to there and you go into the sign up process and you'll sign up. And then once you've signed up, you'll go through this health and wellness screening questionnaire. 
So the health and wellness screening questionnaire is a very deep inventory of your own abuse history, trauma, any medications that you're taking, medical conditions. And we really get a full overview of what your experience is so that we're able to ensure that when you come to us, that we're able to be prepared for anything that may be going on for you that you're already aware of. We're also prepared for things that you're not aware of so that any repressed emotions may come up. That's again, part of the trauma-informed care that we're able to be prepared for things that may arise for you that you're not aware of, the unconscious. And then we're also able to ensure that physically that you're not going to be putting yourself or anyone else at risk or at danger through coming to our retreat. So we may say that if you want to come and join to us, you can't take antidepressants or you're not able to take these medications and advise that you do this under to wean off these under the supervision of a medical physician or your doctor. And then once we cut the parameters of, okay, this is what we require from you to safely come and attend, then you'll also, as part of that process, we have a one-on-one preparation session with you talking through this process talking about anything that comes up logistically medically other things like this and we accept you onto our retreat we also then have a group preparation call plus you get access to a five-hour fundamentals of healing trauma workshop so we start getting you doing lots of work on the front end once you've booked your flights you fly into lima and then you get connecting flight to cusco Cusco, we meet you at the airport and we bring you to our center. And at that point, you go through the 10-day process. Currently, we're requiring people to then have a COVID antigen test, which we do at the retreat center, just to ensure that everybody's safe and well. And then we take you through an experience of 10 days where we work with eight plus different plant medicines for ayahuasca ceremonies. You'll get three-on-one sessions with the Jamie or I. And then we have many different channeled workshops healing and evolution group sessions, uh, campfires, and a whole load of home-cooked meals and sharing and integration circles, which is really a plethora of different activities, modalities to help you integrate those experiences right as they're happening so that you can transform plant medicine experiences into lifelong changes. It's our most passion and conscience to enable you to get the most out of our retreats so that we're able to audio record all of these different workshops and teaching sessions so that you can continue learning and growing when you're at home. Mm. If you want, you can extend your stay and you can visit some of the archaeological sites here in PSAC or Machu Picchu or any of the other Incan ruins, or you can continue to learn and do one-on-one work with Jamie or I. We also offer one-on-one ceremonies, one-on-one private retreats for people who are wanting to do that type of work with us. Then we have a whole integration package for when you're going back home that helps you to land safely, to help you to unpack those experiences so that you can gently begin to merge back into this life or reality, which will shift and change. And it can sometimes be scary when friendships, relationships that no longer work for you, when foods that you know that you used to love no longer work, when you're starting to recognize that you need more self-love and there's actually no other choice than to start looking after you. So we help unpack all of that. You can go to our retreat page and we have this absolutely outlined in detail. You also have a video with us talking about this as well, which you can find on our growth portal, as well as many other different interviews and conversations where we talk in depth about how we're able to help people heal with the transformative powers, properties of entheogens known as ayahuasca and other plant medicines as part of our retreat, which are non-psychoactive.
Mm, how beautiful, Michael. It is a treasure to be able to have you doing the work that you do as a trauma-informed healer, using the power of plant medicine in your work and your lovely wife, Jamie, and all of the gifts that she has and are willing to bestow, sharing that you've gone through this cycle yourself. You've gone through the valley and now you're helping others because healed people do that. They heal other people. And so I thank you so much for sharing your message here on the Role Models podcast. You are a role model, and I am so grateful for the opportunity to have spoken to you today. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jennifer. I really appreciate that. I would also just remind everyone who's listening here that all we're here to do with the plants is help you to connect to the truth of who you are, remind you that you're your own true healer, and through everything that's contained within your own consciousness, you can heal all wounds. And it's our absolute pleasure and passion and joy to be reflections, trauma-informed guides to help you safely remember the truth of who you are. So Jennifer, thank you so, so much for having me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, everyone who's listening. Just really invite you to connect, book a consultation. We absolutely love speaking with you. Zero obligation, answer any questions personally. And thank you so, so much.